God can't bless who you pretend to be or who you compare yourself to. He can only bless you and the lane that was created for you. I feel that for somebody. You don't need no edge entity. You need boundaries. What? I don't need your likes. I don't need your validation. All I need is a God fighting for me that says all things, all things, all things. Chat. It is time for the Woman Evolve podcast. I am your host, Sarah Jakes Roberts, and I am being joined with my homegirls from literally all over the world on Facebook Live. They are tuning in, but I also have a very special co-host with me because he's my bestie. <laughs> uh, my husband, Pastor Toray, Toray. <laughs> P.T. Roberts. My father calls him Toray, but he's French. He's a Frenchman. How do you say it properly, baby? Toray. Two. Ooh, did you hear that? Fanciness. Pastor Toray Roberts is on our podcast today. He's tuning in, so I guess we've got a, a woman evolved, man evolved merge, because we're going to have some male perspectives on some things. I see Ashley Holloway is here from Tampa. Tanisha Wilson says, I just adore you both. We adore you too. Queen says, my favorite people. Hey, child. Jamel Matthew says, welcome to the city. We can't wait to see you tonight. Just in case you're wondering, your girl is not at her office because we are on the Night in the Wild tour. And I am currently in Nashville, Tennessee. Beautiful Nashville. Beautiful. It's a gorgeous day outside, and we are just, like, living our best life. Deanna says, OMG, this is my first life. Hey, girl, hey. Okay, listen, so we've been touring. We are on our sixth city. Sixth. Sixth city. Mm -hmm. We've been on the bus. Yes. The bus has been a pleasant surprise. Last time... Mm, silence on the other end. <laughs> <laughs> the bus has been a pleasant surprise. You know, when we first did the tour, we were on a plane. This time we did the bus because it just seemed like it would make more sense. And I have to say, for me, it does make more sense. I enjoy when we're finished with the evening, getting on the bus and that being the end, as opposed to like getting in a car, lugging the luggage, getting all the luggage checked in because we also have our children and stuff. Getting on the plane, getting off the plane, grabbing the luggage. You know, you don't get as much rest, I think, as you do on the bus. Now, the bus, though, mm. the bus, the bus is not... A little shaky. The, <laughs> bus, a little shaky. the bus is, in fact, quite literally shaky. Mm -hmm. um, where we're sleeping is literally right underneath the engine. So, wow. And it's bumpy. Roads are bump. Let me tell you what you don't know about roads. They're bumpy, especially when you're trying to sleep at mm -hmm, night. Mm -hmm. But still, I prefer the bus. What say ye, Pastor Turek? No, it's, you know, I, I was totally against it. You were? Initially. I remember that. Because buses and long distances and, yes. you know, I like to fly above things. Hallelujah. You know what I mean? I like to fly You're high. so deep. That's what it, I love you about know. you. Yes. But, but I do have to say, like you said... Uh, there are some great advantages. I don't like the bumpiness, but we're having a good time. We're having fun. We are having a great cool. time. So we're on the bus with four of our children and Shanice, who you guys know from her podcast, In the Souls of My Sister, as I call her. Mm -hmm. And um, it's it's been fun. So uh, haven't been drinking my water, mm -hmm. have not been minding my business, mm -hmm. have not been working out. 
So, wow. I don't even know if I can still be in the delegation and break all of these violations. <laughs> I'm throwing myself at the mercy of the delegation. Please rescue me. Christiana says, I think it was a great idea when I saw the bus. I got super excited when it pulled up. Yes, and we have several buses because the rest of our crew and worship team are in buses. So, like, listen, honey, we city to city in this thing. Sharissa uh, says, can't wait to see you guys in Beham. Yes, we are in Beham soon and very soon. Mm-hmm. Tonight. Nashville, though, what have you guys been doing? Have you been drinking your water? Have you been minding <laughs> your business? Have you been doing enough for the both of us? Because your girl has been out here struggling. Krista says, yes, finally caught a live. Love seeing y'all in Tulsa Saturday. We drove all the way from yeah. Waco, Texas. Wow. Hey, Krista, that is major. We've had so many people... When we get to a city, they're like from like I had someone in Kansas City who was from Baltimore or someone from Jacksonville who came from Kansas City. Mm -hmm. Like people who are like, well, I couldn't get in because it was sold out. So I came to another city. That means that if you're somewhere within Nashville, you still got time to come kick it with us. Hop in the car, girl. Just throw a scarf on your head and meet us there. Okay. Regina says, you don't have to work out. You are doing the work of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Someone told me I switched my hair. Honey, I switched my hair. The people who see us at the venues, I have on my bob when it's time to preach. And this is what I call my mom wig. I have on my mom wig when it's over. Jamel's been drinking my water, minding my business, and working from home, but mainly getting ready for tonight. Well, hey, girl, listen, we're going to have a great time, but we have to jump into the show because it is the official time of the week where we are not obligated to mind our business. Okay, because we get to see what's happening in the world, see what's going on in other people's lives. And how about that? So this part of the podcast is called Rescue Eve. For those of you unfamiliar, Rescue Eve is when we highlight someone who knows better, but maybe isn't doing better in the news or is being dragged for something outlandish. And I'm going to start this first story. I have compassion. I have compassion for her. I don't know what the delegation is going to say, but I have compassion. I'm going to read it to you. It says a West Monroe woman is in custody for domestic abuse charges after she allegedly attacked her husband with a Nerf gun. According to an arrest report for An Tai Pham, the 40-year-old woman, deputies responded to a domestic disturbance on Monday. The victim said his wife started an argument with him over suspected infidelity, brandished two plastic Nerf guns, and started to hit him with the guns. Per the report, the victim said he ran out of the house to get away but was chased down the road by his wife. The deputy reported making contact with Pham at home and noticing that she was holding two plastic Nerf guns at the time. Is it possible she wanted to play? Listen. (laughs) Is it possible that she said, you're playing, so I'm going to play? Okay. Do you want to play with this plastic gun? Okay. I don't know. Listen, violence is never the answer. That's why they were plastic guns. Okay. (laughs) They were plastic guns. I would like to rescue her. I think that... (laughs) 
know. Life is hard out here sometimes, and you find yourself with two plastic guns and things get real. I don't know. Kimberly says, not the Nerf gun, though. Asia says, sometimes you got to make it do what it do. Sometimes, okay? Uh, Jennifer Jones says, I say it's at least a plastic. It's a plastic gun. We're playing. I don't know. Rhonda Bolden says, some marriage counselors have used this as a good way of getting out aggression between couples. I'm willing to rescue her. I'm saying, she said, listen, I don't want to hurt you, hurt you. I just want you to think about it. Jasmine says, a little plastic ain't ever hurt nobody. Let's rescue her. Husband, husband, you're here. I think I, I think that she wanted to threaten him without going to jail. Hallelujah. I think she wanted to let it know. Now, these now these are plastic. These are butts. But you know they make the real. <laughs> I'll keep playing with me right, and we ain't right, going to be playing. Right. Okay, this is your first warning. Okay, Simone says we going to rescue her. Maybe she wanted to beat him, beat something out of him. Just a little plastic. Um, Brittany says, I mean, she could have had real guns. Totally agree. Deara says, it's a Nerf gun. Tell him to stop crying. Rescue my sister. Yes, we're rescuing you. On Thai fam, wherever you are, know that the delegation is out here. I'm willing to gas up the jet. That's how serious I am about this rescue. Most of the time, I only have budget flotation device money. But for this rescue, I'm willing to gas up the private jet and come get the kid. I'm just saying. Trakiva says that was his warning before destruction. Mm-hmm. LOL, take heed. Erica says rescuing. She needed to give him a reminder, wake him up. Like, boy, listen, don't push me for real. Like, and there's, I don't know. I don't know if I'm tired. <laughs> I don't know if it's the bus getting to me. I just felt like, wow, this seems like some some quality thinking here. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little quality. Maybe there's like high definition quality thinking and standard version. Maybe this was a little standard version thinking, but certainly we got the picture and I bet he did too. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Tina says, oh, you early, early. Yes, I'm early because we got to do Nashville tonight. Okay. So listen. Okay, Tiffany did say it's, it's Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and it's a no for me because if it was a guy doing it, it could mean a real one is coming later. Nah, that's that's right. Way to bring us back. Way to bring us back down to where we need to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are we rescuing? Tiffany says no. Tiffany, can you come on the rescue and just talk to all of us? Tiffany, this is what we're going to do. We would like to rescue her. I'm not going to lie. I'm looking at the comments. The delegation would like to rescue. But I would like for you to be on the plane with us because we're going to need you to help us make better decisions moving forward. Hallelujah. Amen. Hmm? I'm with you. Okay. I'm with you. Okay. All right. So let's move on to our next rescue. And I'm glad that I have you on here because you preached a message because I go to your church. I enjoy myself. Mm, you, you, you preach good. You're my favorite member. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I must tell the truth. Eh, okay, mm, listen. So giving. Oh, eh, I, okay, all right now. <laughs> don't do this. <laughs> don't, do, don't do this. Such a servant. Don't do, don't do this. <laughs> okay, listen. So my girl... Erica Campbell was recently on The Breakfast Club promoting her new book, More Than Pretty, when she discussed soul ties. Her perspective garnered a lot of attention from people who questioned whether or not soul ties were real. In her interview, she mentioned how women need to be especially careful because they are receivers and may run a higher risk of receiving different ties, I guess, from the men. 
I think personally, as I was reading this, that, you know, there's have been a lot of arguments about this in general. There's a lot of um, liberation ideology about like, do soul ties exist? Is this some type of mindset that has come from theological oppression of a woman's right to choose and all of these different stories and dialogues going on about soul ties. But for the most part, people were upset about her saying that women have to be more careful and that soul ties exist in general. And I don't know, I wanted to I don't know. Maybe we need to rescue soul ties because they're Mm -hmm. real and they can't just drown out here. I think that um, I think soul ties are equally um, problematic for both men and women. I don't think that a woman runs a higher risk Mm -hmm. of a man. I think that maybe our symptoms may show a little bit more than a man's. But I do think that soul ties are a two way street. And in my opinion, I think that the soul tie, like maybe it's not from like the soul tie happens when you have sex, especially when your sex has a motivation. So like I can think of stories of countless women growing up, myself included, who tried to use it as a way to be seen or validated. And I think that when that is your motivation and you don't receive that in return, that you do end up in brokenness and you end up more fragile than you were before. Because at the end of the day, like you're you wanted to have sex so that you could feel better about who you are inside. That's how your soul got connected to someone. And then ultimately damaged by someone um what you think yeah i think that that most people don't understand what sex is for hallelujah in general and uh and when it comes to a soul tie i think a soul tie it has a negative connotation to it but a soul tie is actually supposed to be something that's very positive something that's supposed to connect people at a level that is deeper than physical intimacy Mm -hmm. right um you know we have a soul tie, you know, and it's not, I'm not trying to put our business out there, but you know, but it's, but it's positive and it's, it's, it's that thing. And so, um, I'm not quite sure what, um, what was discussed or what's discussed in the book or the interview or whatever, but I just feel like when you open yourself up, that it is, it's designed to create this bond, like for real, for real. Yeah. And, uh, and if you, to your point, if your motives are off, you're, you're messing with something that's more powerful than you know, and you try to leave and you can't leave because you're connected. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it is a good thing, but only in the context of two people that have committed to spending the rest of their life together. Yeah. I don't think that there is any way that you can have sex with someone and not receive something from them. That's true. It's too powerful. It's 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 spiritual. I, I mean, even physically, you re- there is an exchange of fluids. You know what true. I mean? I think spiritually, that same is true. Like you're opening up your emotions. You're becoming vulnerable. You're becoming, you know, naked with one another. Like there is an exchange there because of what sex means to you in that moment. Like I don't want you to leave me or I want to forget about the pain of my youth or I want to feel like, like there is something that you are opening up that the sex is supposed to cure. So at the point that your soul is open, you are going to be tied to to mm-hmm. to whatever's on the other end of that person who is opening up for their specific reasons. Yeah, because sex sex is a is to it's a form of worship. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. you know, if you think about about worship and you know what we do when we worship, oftentimes we're opening up. You know, we stretch our arms out wide and we basically say, "God, come and inhabit me." Mm-hmm. Right. 
Sex is the same thing. You, you've got inhabit me. Yeah, inhabit me. You've got two people that ha- are stripped down. Think about it. Worship spirit and truth. You're stripped down, and you're like, let's be one. Let's join in and be one. How can you go back to being two once you come together and become one in one of the most intimate ways that two people can be connected? So one question I get a lot, and I'm, then I'm going to see what the delegation is saying. Like, how do you break a soul tie? Mm. You asking me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think that you you have to first of all acknowledge that there is a tie. You know, we we counsel people, and people are like, "I know I'm supposed to go. I know I need to go, but I can't get over this guy, or I can't get over this woman. I can't get over this situation." And and what I try to help them to understand is, I said, "You think it's just your heart that's involved, but if you've been intimate with this person, you have a soul tie. There, mm-hmm. There's something spiritual." That has connected you. And again, it's supposed to connect you spiritually, right? And so you break a soul tie by, first of all, acknowledging that you have one. And then second of all, renouncing it. You, you got to, it's almost like, you know, it's like breaking a spirit, to be yeah. honest with you, because a soul tie is a spiritual bond. And so you got to break it. So you renounce it. You say, you you, you know, I, you repent, you know, Lord, I, uh, I got into this, not because you led me into this relationship, not because you know, your spirit affirmed this, but because I was broken, mm-hmm. right? I needed something. I, I you know, I, I, I didn't uh, heed the warnings. Yeah. So God, I just, I, I repent. I put that before you right now. And I renounce this thing. This is not your will for my life. And, you know, in the name of the Lord, I, I, I break this right now. And I want, and I take, and I claim my heart back. Mm-hmm. I claim my mind back. I claim my body back. And that thing will break. Yeah. I was seeing when someone commented, I think her name was Angela, it scrolled past, but she said that we helped her break her soul tie in, um, at Woman Evolve 2019. Mm. So we like to cover like real stuff because yeah. we recognize people are going through some serious issues. Kia B says, I just did that. I renounced it just minutes yes. ago. Yes. Yeah. Tracy says, Pastor T went deep. He almost got lost for a moment. <laughs> In the ghost. Alexander says, I think we think women get soul ties more than men because men are not taught to be emotionally vulnerable in admitting and dealing with issues like this. Great. Nor are they as vocal, especially in a world where men are praised for having many sexual partners. Totally agree. Yeah. But men get soul ties too. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I mean, I don't know how much time we have, but, but when God was really putting his hand on me for for the like the first time first time back in 2000 and I was in a relationship with that 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 woman and I was trying to get free and every time that I would take one step forward you know she would be able to pull me back in I couldn't understand like God I'm trying to walk with you I'm trying to obey you but every time she shows up you know I end up you know falling again and asking for forgiveness and so men can totally get it I'm trying to get free and and God broken you know along the lines of what we described as you know, we're breaking it, you know, mm-hmm. so it's real. It, it's not, it's not one way. Anyone who is in an intimate relationship is, uh, is going to have a soul tie in one way or another. Yeah. So let's see what the delegation says. Sherelle said, amen. Sierra says, I need help with that. Regina Roberts says, where can I find the offering? That's a whole <laughs> word. And then you guys should, uh, on YouTube, my husband's oh, yeah. got a message called sexual wholeness. It's yeah. good. It's really good. Shalana says, we have to save our sister Erica's soul ties are real. We can't let the world drag her for giving us truth. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think like, I don't know. This world is conditioned to think a lot of things and 
everyone's entitled to their own thoughts and opinions sure. for sure. But I know for me personally, in my walk, I have experienced soul ties. I have experienced being connected to someone who I did not want to be connected to any longer. And sex really hyper um, magnifying that connection in a way that wasn't healthy or I would want to leave it alone and it would be that connection that brought me back together and at the end of the day like my husband said until I got to a point where I hated who I was in that moment I hated that brokenness I hated that connection I wasn't able to move past it so yeah and you got to get your, your your heart back you got to you don't ever want to be thinking clearly about what your next move is and not be able to move because you're bound by something that you open yourself up to. And the good news is there's deliverance, there's freedom. It doesn't, it's not hocus pocus. The, the power of God will break any tie off of your life, anything. The anointing breaks the yoke. Yeah. Isis says it's no joke and you definitely have to break it before marriage because it can cause a lot of problems in the marriage. For sure. For sure. Okay, so yes, we are definitely going to <laughs> rescue Soul Ties and Erica because we have to take those seriously and have some awareness about those. So I see a lot of people saying, come on, we're going to rescue. And Erica says we can't, um, that one comment said we can't let the world drag Erica. Absolutely so. not. And she's our friend, our sister, yes. and we know her. And, and she's saying more about soul ties than a lot of people are. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think with this whole sexual liberation movement versus maybe the oppression that people felt about people not talking about sex in church, that there feels like there can't be a happy medium. But I do mm -hmm. think there has to be conversation from a godly perspective on what it means to be connected to someone sexually in a way that makes sense to the world yeah. because we do need relative conversations, relatable conversations. So. Absolutely. Okay, so my next rescue is Brant Jean. This is another thing that was making its way all over social media and all over my timeline and even in my messages because people were trying to understand what was happening. For those of you who have been living under a rock or just minding your business and don't know what's happening, Botham Jean was murdered in his own apartment by Amber Geiger. When this happened, uh, Amber said that she thought she was in her apartment. Uh, to be honest, I did not like read the briefs. I don't know what her defense was fully. All I know is that she was found guilty of murder Murder, and she was given 10 years. On the day that she was sentenced, Botham John's brother, Brant John, um, had an extraordinary response to this conviction. He actually hugged Amber Geiger as she was sentenced for killing his brother. So he's there, he's giving his victim impact statement, and he's saying, you know, I he said something like, I don't even really want you to go to jail. Mm. Um, he's 18 years old. And he said that um, to tell the court that in spite of what Geiger took from his family, if she is truly sorry for what she did, then he forgives her and wants the best for her. I don't know if this is possible, but can I give her a hug? And then he mm. goes over to give her a hug. And um, he said that he wanted her, his main desire was for her to give her life to Christ. So a couple things. First of all, Joshua Brown, who was a, um, what do you call it? He gave testimony, a witness. He was okay. a witness oh, yeah. on, um, this case. He was the neighbor of Botham John mm -hmm. and, um, he was a key witness in the trial has been murdered, yeah. shot in the mouth 
and some other places. I don't know who is responsible for this. I have my thoughts and my opinions, but I am praying that we really see justice and an investigation there because there's been so much controversy regarding this case. Mm -hmm. But I think it is completely inexcusable if this gets swept under the rug. And I'm praying that everyone in Dallas, the officials are holding people accountable to figure out what happened to this young man, Joshua Brown. And then the other controversy was the judge who gave the Bible to Amber Geiger, which I thought was totally inappropriate, not just like on some race stuff. I just felt like it crossed the line of professionalism. Mm -hmm. Even if she felt sympathy, I think that there is a way that you could have done it that wasn't with like cameras rolling. And it just it seemed unprofessional to me. I am nobody's judge. All I've ever done is watch Judge Judy. So I don't know the Mm -hmm. protocol, but it seems like there should be some level of being impartial. So. But when it comes to this young man and his decision to forgive, this created a lot of controversy as well, because people just felt like, how could you forgive her after what happened with her brother, uh, with your brother? Whereas other people just felt like, you know, well, this is the Christ way. I've never been in that situation. I can't say what I would do. Yeah. But what I will say for me is I feel like forgiveness is a process. Mm-hmm. And you can forgive someone on one level and then uncover a way that their actions impacted you and have to forgive them again. Mm-hmm. So maybe on one level as an 18-year-old boy who's seeing this woman visibly shaken and emotional, he feels sorry for her and wants to do something to remedy that pain and says, I forgive you. Now, 10 years down the road, five years down the road, he's getting married and wishes his brother was his best man. He may have to forgive her again. So just because you forgive her in this moment doesn't mean that you won't have to practice a lifestyle of forgiveness. I personally personally feel like there are moments where you forgive someone and God instantly removes that thing out of your heart, out of your mind, and you're able to move on. But then there are other moments where you have to walk out a lifestyle of forgiveness, constantly reminding yourself, like, I'm not holding that person responsible for my future or my past anymore, constantly rechanging your mind about that. Um, But who are we to say that he can't forgive mm-hmm. the murderer of his brother. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you're right. I don't think that we have the right to um, to cast judgment on that. Because first of all, how intimate of yeah. an experience is that? That's your brother. Yeah. And he's not here. And all that's mixed in there with your faith. And, uh, and, and, and he was a believer. Wasn't he a worship leader? Yeah, something like was. that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... I, I think that certain, there are certain things that if you've never been there, you got to just back up away from it and and just pray. I don't I, I can't really speak into things. I wouldn't judge him for holding unforgiveness, nor do I judge him for forgiving. It's it's uh, it's just not it's not not your place. Someone says we got to rescue him because that was his heart. That is what his heart needed. It may not be the best for everyone, but it was what he needed. Forgiveness is so you can move forward. Pray for me. I don't know that I'm there yet. Jocelyn says, rescue the brother. He's young and grieving in his own way. Forgiveness is for you, not the person who wronged you. Amy says, the forgiveness was for him, and it was power, and it was so powerful, and not sure I could have done it, but thank God for the strength he had, most certainly. His forgiveness is his journey, says Sisteria Simmons. It is his journey through grief. Allow him to forgive. We don't know his mm-hmm. journey. Jocelyn yes. Nelson says forgiveness is continuous. Most times you have to do it over and over. Mm-hmm. Monica Dorsey says the judge said she gave the Bible to her because Amber said she didn't know how to pursue Christianity. And I think that that's beautiful. 
I still think I would have given it to her in a more private setting. Because just for just out of professionalism, not even like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So she was compelled, I guess, to... There, there is a way. You have to balance your role yeah. and the professionalism that is required of your role and really obedience to your role, mm-hmm. right? You have to balance that with being who you are in Christ. And so um, you're right. Cameras are off. You can send a bailiff in there later on and say, hey, listen, just so you know, the judge wanted you to have this. Yeah. Something that nature. So, you know, I think the intentions were great. Mm-hmm. You know, I think she was zealous for the things of God and full of compassion. And then, you know, the brother kind of broke up the norm in That's there anyway. Yeah. So we don't really know the environment that mm-hmm. may have, uh, uh, you know, been set at that powerful forgiveness moment. But at the end of the day, you know, even when we minister outside of context, outside of Christian context, we don't necessarily get up and beat on our chest and say, come on, Jesus. You know, when we know the whole room is not there. There's a way that we navigate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Monica Gary says the judge compromised herself in the sensitivity of this case by stepping off that bench, embracing her. Renee said the judge gave her the Bible after the sentencing was over. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It, that's true. I just think the emotions were still really raw in the room. And that's why. But I think this whole situation just rubbed people the wrong way. First of all, you have a man who's in his apartment minding his business yeah. who ends up killed and murdered. We have a girl who says, I think it was my apartment. We have people who are like, how did you think that was possible? Mm-hmm. We have a little boy. I mean, he's 18 years old. He's a kid who forgives her right there in the mm-hmm. courtroom. Like the whole thing was just like, is she going to get jail time? Is it going to be murder? Is 10 years enough? And now we have the judge giving her a Bible and embracing her. I think there were so many levels of just like deep rooted um, pathologies that we've had to face as in the black community that were constantly being confronted with this case. And I think that it is sprung up in a way that is forcing us to have necessary conversations. Flora's sisterhood says forgiveness didn't negate the justice, justice that still must be served. Mm -hmm. Danielle says we have to swear on the Bible to tell the truth in the courtroom. And is that still true? I don't know, child. Mm. Thank the Lord. Yeah. Thank the Lord. It's been a long time, Jesus. <laughs> uh, let's see. What say ye, delegation? Tara says his brother forgiving her put Christ directly on display for the world to see, for sure. So, um, uh, Princess says I would have mailed Amber Geiger a Bible. Yeah. I mean, slid it. Yeah, my says, right. And she only got 10 years for killing an innocent man. Yeah, it's a, like I said, it's like a really. It's a lot. It's a lot of layers it's to this lot. case. So, um, you know, but forgiveness is hard at the end of the day. And it is a journey. And a lot of us struggle with forgiveness and the notion of whether or not someone actually deserves it. And so I think no matter what, whether it is what we covered in soul ties or even what we covered with forgiveness, sometimes you find yourself in a space where you just need some help to get past those feelings and emotions that you're going through. Because at the end of the day, growing is a journey, figuring out who you are often takes a lifetime. You can forgive someone for one aspect of what they did and then uncover, like I said, how their actions affected a different area of your life. Mm -hmm. 
if you are struggling with forgiveness, anger, anxiety, depression, or just truly understanding how you've come to be the way that you are, I want to offer you support through our podcast partner, BetterHelp. BetterHelp takes the stress out of finding time to get on your therapist schedule by bringing your therapist right to the palm of your hands. With four communication modes, text, chat, phone, and video, you can get the support you need in a way that's best for you. BetterHelp has affordable pricing and even offers financial aid for those who qualify, which I think is incredible. It's already really affordable, but even if you can't afford it, they have financial aid, so money does not have to be an issue. You can connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment today. Women Evolve listeners get 10% off your first month with discount code EVOLVE, so why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash evolve. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with the counselor you'll love today. That's betterhelp.com slash evolve. So no more excuses, no matter where you are in your journey. You guys definitely have uh, the ability to get the help you need. I think that's so smart. Bring everything to your fingertips. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so this next segment is called Hail Mary. You guys know what this is about. This is about us just celebrating people who are doing historical things in their communities or just compassionate things in the world altogether. And we could not let this week pass without giving big ups to Tyler Perry. Bruh. (laughs) Insert applause. The media mogul recently opened a 330-acre filming complex in the Fort McPherson area that drew just about every major African-American star. A gala event Saturday included celebs such as Oprah Winfrey, Beyonce, Jay-Z, Cicely Tyson, Sidney Poitier, Ava DuVernay, and so many others. Naturally, there were plenty of Instagrams to mark the huge celebration for the $250 million studio. If that was not impressive enough just to have a 330-acre filming complex, it's all about the fact that this was built on a Confederate army base during the American Civil War. Being surrounded by so much history and so many legendary stars moved Kelly Rowland's Um, Kelly Rowland's former Destiny's Child member Beyonce to also pay tribute to Tyler Perry on social media. Perry became the first African-American to open his own studio in 2006, which was at another location in Atlanta. Did you see the photos? Oh, yes, I did. It looked like... Okay, just nothing in everything. All at the, it looked like nothing you've ever seen mm-hmm. and everything you've ever wanted to see mm-hmm. all at the same time. Crazy. It was absolutely stunning and historical. So I don't know if you guys saw that, but you need to get on the Googles and check it out. <laughs> Brienne says, thank you, Tyler Perry. Diane says, um, I've been watching him since his plays. JC says, I pray for the Lord's covering over his studio, especially during these times. Absolutely. Latoya says, oh, she's talking about the courtroom. Jocelyn Nelson says, black excellence. BT can no longer use the term because Tyler Perry just raised <laughs> them far. Seriously raised them far. Valerie Jones says, don't forget to shout out our dad, the one and only yeah. T.D. Jakes. He was also there as well. He did the Sunday service. Erica Gresham says, the photos the photos were bomb. Looked like a great event. It looked absolutely amazing. So, yeah, had to give some love to Tyler Perry. Yeah. I also want to give some love to Oprah Winfrey, who attended that event. 
Um, Oprah Winfrey just does so many incredible things in general. I think she just gave $13 million to Morehouse. But mm-hmm. there was something she said while they were at the opening mm-hmm. of the That's studio right. that I really, really loved. And so one of the questions that they were asking people as they were on the red carpet is like, what is your dream? Tyler Perry's always asking us to dream bigger. What can Oprah dream? And Oprah says, I live in God's dream. I live inside God's dream for me. I try to fulfill that dream through my physical body and my being, but I live in God's dream for myself. I love that. And this came at such an incredible time when I read it because like we're doing this Night in the Wild tour and it feels like an out-of-body experience Mm -hmm. in many ways because I believe that this is God's dream for my life. For sure. Have you ever had a moment like that? Oh my God, I'm living in one when I met you. Oh, you better. <laughs> Every single day I, I wake up you be, to you. You better. You, <laughs> you better, Pastor Teray. Okay. You, um, do you, have you had other moments where you wake up and you just realize that you're living in God's dream? No. Every single day. I think since I embraced purpose and started walking it out and taking those steps of faith and being crazy enough to do, as you say, set something in motion, um, it, I never... I don't think that there's a day that I that I truly wake up and don't thank God for living in his dream, which is so much bigger than mine. Absolutely. So much bigger. And that's actually one of the things that um, Oprah said in that interview. I didn't transcribe the whole thing, but she definitely talked about how God's dream is just bigger and better mm-hmm. than anything you could have imagined. Tiffany says, PT just got some major love tokens. <laughs> Indeed, he did. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I don't know if you guys saw that, but it is definitely something you should check out. Amy says, yes, heard that last night from the WE conference in Jacksonville last night about what Oprah said. Yeah, it was major, major. Erica Gresham says, I love Oprah's response. I was like, yes, it spoke to those of us that think that dreaming stops once you make it. You should never stop walking in his dream for us. Totally agree. Okay. So, okay. Our last Hail Mary is Mary J. Blige. Mary J. Blige uh, is bearing more than her toned abs in her November cover shoot for Self. She's also bearing her soul. The singer and Oscar-nominated actress comes clean in her self-interview with writer Jamila Lamu, I think that, yeah, tackling her painful 2018 divorce, being sexually abused as a child and past substance abuse, which she regards as a coping mechanism. The newly single music legend also says she's more invested in mothering herself, mothering herself. That term stood out in my head when I was reading this. She goes on to say that um, she's more interested in taking care of herself than becoming a mother. And she quotes... Right now, I'm not thinking about anybody but her. She's talking about the little girl inside of her. She says of practicing self-love, I love people. I love the world. I love my nieces. I love my nephews. I love my family. I love them so deeply. But right now, it's about me and little Mary. It's like that's my baby, my little girl. She needs my help. And I'm not going to ever let anybody hurt her again. She needs to live. She needs to play. She doesn't mind her life being used to help someone else but I have to take care of her this idea of mothering yourself Mm. like what if that is the new way that we see self care is not just like oh I need to take some time to go to the spa but self care is implementing the practice of me mothering myself the way that we nurture and nourish and tend to our children to tend to our own soul and I love that so much 
also because it takes this pressure off of are you going to have kids are you going to have kids honey in some aspects I'm still a child and I'm trying to figure out how I can grow up that version of myself and so I love that she's comfortable not having children that she's comfortable in her singlehood and learning who she is and learning how to be affirmed in her identity outside of Mm -hmm. what other people label her Mm -hmm. And and I think to make the decision now yeah. To uh, first of all, to be self-aware enough to say, you know what, there's still a little girl inside of me. Yes. That needs to be loved. That needs to be nurtured, and to prioritize that. I think that that is revolutionary. Absolutely. Kia B says, Kia B says, OMG, that's good stuff, Mary. Grijib says, self-love. Angel- Angelica says, love this. Nitty says, I love that word, mothering myself. Mm-hmm. Indeed. I'm going, that really stuck with me, and I wanted mm-hmm. to share that with you guys. Leslie says, that was so extremely powerful. Kimberly says, wow, great perspective on self-care. So mm-hmm. that's what it is. Listen, honey, we need to mother ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm taking a minute away. That's why I'm going to go do X, Y, and Z, because I need to take a minute to mother myself. Amazing. You know what? I hope that as Mary is mothering herself, as you decide to start mothering yourself that you take seriously not just what you do but how you tend to yourself every single day what are little things that you can do that help to nurture and nourish who you are on the inside one of the things that I've taken to taken to do is like just using like natural products to help me really take care of myself and feel like I'm not putting anything foreign into my body or on my body and that's why I love native ads native is um, an all natural company that creates safe simple effective products that people use in the bathroom every day. Native comes in a wide variety of enticing scents throughout the year. They also offer unscented and baking soda-free options for those with sensitivities. My personal favorite is coconut and vanilla. There's no risk in trying it out because Native offers free returns and exchanges. For 20% off your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com and use promo code EVOLVE during checkout. Make sure you jot that down. That's 20% off, 20% off, okay, child, your first purchase by visiting nativedeodorant.com and using the promo code EVOLVE during checkout. I've been using as many natural products as possible, and I was a little bit nervous when I started using natural products because your girl didn't want to be out here being a funky monkey, (laughs) but... But I have been pleasantly surprised at how it offers me the same wetness protection and um, your girl is not out here stinking and I get to be all natural. So, yes, get on the bandwagon. okay? be natural. All right. Babe, you see Lene White? She says you are becoming an expert at slotting those ads (laughs) in. It takes so much planning to figure out how I'm going to slide these ads in, but it's happening. Yes, it is. Regina Roberts says, using natural products, eating better. I've also dedicated one week and a month to reset. That's a beautiful thing, okay? Deidre loves Native. She says, that's my favorite. The only one I use. They are good. Love Native ads. They're laughing. Let me tell you how the delegation gets great joy out of me sliding these ads in. Alexandra says, the way she's slipping in these ads, I'm taking notes. Come on, sales technique. (laughs) (laughs) Now, okay, it's time for the advice section. And I'm so glad I got my main man here because I'm going to make him do a lot of the heavy lifting. Okay. All right. So, hey, Sarah slash PT. (laughs) First, I want to tell you that I love your podcast. Your podcast has led me to attending the Potter's House. While attending church, I met my boyfriend. 
I knew when I met him, he was different. And from the beginning, I felt like this relationship was for me. But we have hit an issue along the way. Recently, a woman from his past has reached out saying that she is pregnant with his child. This has put a strain on our relationship. I honestly don't know what to do about this situation. Do I stay or do I leave? I absolutely love kids, but this isn't what I expected or pictured for our life together. I continue to pray about this situation, but remain so confused because I love him. I honestly thought that he was the man God had sent for me. He literally checks all the right boxes and I feel completely myself with him. I'm confused and don't know what to do. Please help. For I just want to say this, that when you guys come to the Potter's house, the only thing we can guarantee is that we will be prayed up, that we will be studied full, and that we will let ourselves go so that you can receive a word from the Lord. We are not ordaining any love connections mm-hmm. out here. I'm not vouching for nobody. All I know is that anyone who comes in that room needs the same Jesus that we have prayed up and studied for. Having said that, I'm going <laughs> to let the senior pastor chime in here because I don't know everybody and I don't want you signing up for nobody just because they came to our church honey i don't know him okay but hopefully he knows the lord go ahead pastor go ahead well first of all really quickly i'm, I'm sorry that you hurt and uh it, it's it's love is a wonderful thing finding somebody that you believe uh, could have long-term potential is an incredible thing uh and when you get blindsided by something like that um it's challenging um you know First thing I'm gonna do is I gotta refer you to five keys to identifying your soulmate because staying, staying or going, is not so much about this baby as it is identifying whether or not this is the person that God has for you. Right. Because it sounds like it's a past issue. Um, well, not too far past, huh? But it was before you. It's yeah. an issue that happened before you, before you guys decided to commit at whatever level you guys decided to commit to, um, what you need to find out is, is this the person that God has for me? And if this is the person that God has for me, then there's going to be grace for you guys to navigate uh, this this pregnancy, which truthfully didn't have anything to do with you. Uh, the, I think the other issue is you have to decide what you want. So if your, if your desire for someone who could be tracking along to be your husband is someone who doesn't have kids, uh, then you have to be real with that too. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but I don't want you to throw it away necessarily uh, over something from his past that has shown up. I think that there are other qualifying metrics that need to be considered. And I think that you have the ability to say, I need some time to figure that out. Like, I love you. I've enjoyed the time that we've been spending with one another. This obviously is a new dynamic that's going to change our, you know, future in a way that could be incredible or could be complicated. I don't know. But I want to make sure that if I commit myself to you, that I'm giving you the best version of myself. Mm -hmm. And so I need some time to really think on that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. And I think Mm -hmm. he needs some time to do that, too. And I think she needs to put him through the four seasons cycle, too. Yes. I believe every relationship has to go through, has to be able to withstand the four seasons. And the four seasons are basically not really giving your heart fully in until you've seen them in every season. You know, summer, everything looks great. You know, people work out in summer and they have their abs and their six packs. You know what I mean? But what is this tree to truly, fully know a tree? It takes time. 
you know, um, you know, if she's pregnant now, that means that maximum we're talking about nine months, mm -hmm. right? At, at the max, that's not even a full year. Yeah. So this could be. I'm not saying this is the case, but this could be. It's possible you bought into an orange tree. Mm. in summer and now before the season is coming around you're realizing that it was a lemon tree i don't know it's possible like pastor sarah said take time take space but i think you need to stare at that thing a little longer before you decide to move forward yeah because right now we don't know who he's going to be as a father mm -hmm. we don't know how he's going to be engaged with her we don't we don't know any of those things and he could create perfect boundaries mm -hmm. but this is going to be new for him and new for them and new for you and i think that in this situation like one of the things that i love about my husband and our blended family is he set the precedent for the boundaries so we didn't have any baby mama drama or new wife ex-wife mm -hmm. drama we didn't have any of that because my husband has integrity and he created boundaries from the onset. So everyone knew everything. It wasn't no overlapping. It wasn't no miscommunication. It wasn't no reason for us to be looking at each other crazy at the dinner party. And so you have to de <laughs> you have to determine what kind of role he's going to play and making sure that your heart is considered and facilitated in this situation too. Mm -hmm. And if he's ready to do that, because that's a big undertaking yeah. as well when he's still trying to figure out how to be a father and be engaged with this woman and the baby as well. So Tarika Miller says, be real with yourself. Uh, Michelle says, how long have they been dating to be in love? Child yeah. says, we don't, I only can, I can only work with what I got. Yeah. Trakevia says, that's good PT. Let's see the four seasons. Boys to Men has a song about four seasons. Um, and come to winter, spring in. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? You don't want to. Somebody asked uh, if mm -hmm. I had four seasons with you. Yes, but they weren't four actual seasons. Mm -hmm. You we have you want to talk you want to speak on, Pastor? Uh, are we thinking about the same thing? Like, so we, we I have four seasons. We have had four seasons, but it's not the type of we didn't have four qualifying seasons. We had, and I, I almost hate to say this because some people will take this and run with it. But what you gonna say? <laughs> but we we had a word from God. Yes. Like, for real, for real. Not that, you know, you have a dream and you really want something so bad. No, no, no. We had a word from the Lord that we were each other's spouses that we had to kind of almost grow up into a little bit, huh? For Isn't that sure. something? And I think that the Four Seasons is not necessarily a calendar year, though right. it can be. Right. But we experience four seasons of life. Like, okay, we have this honeymoon, summer, vacation, loving, short, sunshine season. But we also had my father just got a phone call and we're not sure that he's yeah. going to make it. Yeah. And so now it looks like fall and now we're in winter. Your uh, My father, his my husband's father passed while we were dating. My children started going through some issues like how are you dealing with the winter seasons of your life my money got funny how do you deal when your finances are changing like what are those seasons of life and then spring okay I've got some new opportunities coming my way can you sit in this business meeting with me can you help me figure it out what are those four seasons that life takes you through over and over again and you have to experience those in some capacity so you know how do you handle stress how do you handle excitement how do you handle success how do you handle the things that are just bound to happen in life so that's the four seasons as well so we dated for about eight months mm -hmm. before we got married but within those eight months we had <laughs> so many things happen like wow it's crazy to think about 
or what happened so such a many short things time. happen but at the end of the day uh, we always found our way back to our summer house yes, we did well <laughs> <laughs> okay let's see delegation says yes a word from God loved uh, Jasmine says there what are you doing to your skin that's glowing honey I'm on the road I'm not minding my business not drinking water <laughs> Karina says, how do you deal with the winter seasons of your life? This is so good. Yeah, we've got to be able to ask those questions. My um, hus- my father asked my husband when we were dating, I know what's right with you, yeah, but what's yeah. wrong with you? That was clutch. And that now Shanice asked people she's dating, like, I know what's right with you, but what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. And having someone being willing to take inventory of themselves enough to say, well, these are some areas where I have an opportunity to grow is something that you should ask people. Like, you're not perfect and there's nothing wrong with that, but what area do you see as an area for you to grow? Mm -hmm. Okay, child. Next advice question. Um, Okay. Okay. I'm going to do both of these. I was going to choose one, but I'm going to do both. Okay, it says, I need help. I'm 28 years old. I have four kids of my own getting ready to get married and purchase our first home. My older brother on my father's side is maybe 56 or 57, and he's stating that he needs me and is ready to leave South Carolina and move here with me and start a new life. I love my brother, and I know ever since our father passed in 2006, him and my other siblings have been having a rough time. My brother also has a drug addiction. I want to help him and try to save him, but my mother and other family members feel like I shouldn't let him come stay with us or help him. Mm. I have three girls, ages two, three, and 10, and a son who's five. My mom doesn't trust him and thinks it's not a good idea for me to let him stay, especially when I have my own family. However, he's my brother and everyone has turned their back on him because of his drug addiction. He goes from house to house at one point he was sleeping in a shed and I just want to try and help him mm. <laughs> Look at that, yeah. mm-hmm. well I think me and you both share in our seriousness about family for sure I mean we like we're right it out we we you know we've got everybody every family has you know interesting personalities you know but when it all comes down to it I believe in family However, however, there are limits, limitations. Yeah, and and uh, and I think for me the limit would be uh, safety. Yes. You know, um, you know, I can't put. I think the the individual mentioned young children. Mm-hmm. I can't put my kids in danger. Uh, I can't put my home, my property, my assets in danger. Uh, and there has to be, and you can't disrupt the energy of our home. Ooh. Cause that's all we got. Cause you know we're 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 out. We're public. We're speaking. We're leading. Uh, home has to be. Home has to celebrate us. It has to welcome us. It's our. It's, I mean, we're on the road. We can't wait to get back home because of what home is. So you can't disrupt my home. But just about anything else, I think we. I would go out on a ledge a little bit to 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 reach, especially a a, a blood relative like a like a brother. What mm-hmm. do you think? 
Yeah, I think that we think that help means taking him in, but it sounds like the Mm -hmm. help that he really needs is help getting clean and sober. Mm -hmm. And I think that if living with you is something that you feel like you want to help him with, I would have some type of stipulations and guidelines after you've been clean for X amount of time and been able to get on your feet in some capacity, whether it's, you know, living at a shelter and applying for jobs or getting in some type of program or going to, you know, Narcotics Anonymous, whatever it takes for me to know that you're taking this seriously then we can begin to discuss some ways that you can be within my environment maybe you cannot move in completely with me Mm -hmm. maybe there's some type of transitional home or housing here that is within my reach but we can't just go from I have a drug addiction I'm living in the shed to you can live in the house (laughs) with me and my kid what? <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? I mean that from the bottom of my heart. It's this true. levels to this. This that's too. Ooh, girl, is we got a lot of options before we get there, yeah, that's true. and we need to know that by the time you get to my house, you have walked out your deliverance. Yes, yes. Sometimes saints be delivered. And I don't question your deliverance. I just want to see you walk that deliverance out for a little little, bit. Just a little bit. (laughs) Just a little bit. Okay. So that's my two cents. Let's see what the delegation. Mary says, home is a place of peace. Kristen Wood says he needs rehab. Immaculate says, love your brother from afar. Eunice says, that's a whole word, no disruptions. You talking about the fastest way to get kicked out of my house is coming there with an attitude, yeah. messing up the environment. Ooh. I don't care who you are. You could yeah. live there. You could be one of my children <laughs> right, and live right, there. Right. If your attitude is funky, you will have to sit outside on the patio and t- go get by. No, not at this house. This is all we got. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Levi Tyler says, you can come and shower and eat, but you can't sleep. I don't know if you can do that. I don't know if you can do that. I can get you a plate together, and I I would get you a hotel room to yeah. take a shower. But when I say not in my house, because yeah. what's going to happen? You didn't cop an attitude. Now you didn't shower. You didn't eat. And now it's time for you to go, and you don't want to leave. I don't know nah, about it. No. I don't know. You got to go. Yeah. Taisha says, I've been there. Don't do it. Karen Yvette says, it is her kid's home as well. They will be impacted. Yeah, we got to think about everything. Yeah connected to you so okay so this is our last advice question okay uh hey pastor sarah i know you get so many of these messages i'm so sorry girl you don't have to apologize that's what i'm here for but first i just want to thank you for being you and thank you for being transparent you have helped me through so many stages of life but now i need some help so i've grown up in church all of my life i am the one everyone comes to when they need help and advice. But when it comes to myself, I am hurting. I've had a couple of bumps on my road trip through life and it's been hard. I go to the word, I pray, and I feel like I'm doing everything I know to do as a believer. I mentor and help so many people. So right now I feel as though I'm only living for them and not myself. I am reaching that breaking point. I am so ready for my life in heaven, but this life on earth is hard and I can't take it anymore. Please help so um so many ladies here first of all i want to encourage you to get some therapy you said some things in here that are really making me believe that you could benefit from some help and i think one of the things that's really hard when you're like the strong friend or the one that everyone comes to is you're right is that people don't take into account that you have moments where you need help and you need wisdom and insight too a lot of times people don't take that into consideration 
because we don't tell them that either. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when you're the strong friend, you think that it is um, weak to be able to say, I can't right now, I'm struggling myself. Mm -hmm. Or picking up the phone instead of someone calling you Mm -hmm. and saying, hey, can you pray for me? It does risk vulnerability and maybe it even risks having someone feel like you don't have it all together. But at the end of the day, it teaches someone that you're human. When you're constantly pouring and constantly pouring, people think that you have this unlimited supply of wisdom and strength and peace, not realizing that they're tapping into your reserve. So there's a difference from giving from your overflow versus giving from the reserve that you need to show up in the world every day. It sounds like somewhere along the way you started giving from your reserve, Mm -hmm. not from your overflow. Our goal is to get you back to a point where you have something to give. Until you get there, you got to be willing to say, I don't have it Mm -hmm. to give Mm -hmm. and deal with whatever the consequences are that come with that. And you will be surprised how simply saying, I don't have it to give, gives you space to actually have more because you feel like you're more in control of your life, of your wisdom, of your time and your resources. What do you think, baby? I think you're you're spot on. You got to take care of you first. Um, There was that great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Yeah. So self-love, taking care of you, actually is what qualifies you to love on someone else effectively. So you got to love you. You got to say no. And remember, you're not Jesus Jr., right? Mm. He, God has got that person. A lot of times we feel like if we don't contribute, if we don't go there, go there and help, then uh, then they're not going to get help. That's not true. Sometimes you got to pray and trust that God's going to take care of uh, what you in that moment don't have the capacity to respond to. I love you said I'm not Jesus Jr. Mm-hmm. Let's see what the delegation says. Christina says you can't help everyone. Everyone is not your assignment. Mm-hmm. Annette Jones Rogers says it's hard for the strong friend to say, hey, I'm not strong right now. I need someone or something. That's real. It's so, so true. Like the strong friend constantly lives with this pressure of I have to be strong. It is an unrealistic pressure. Mm-hmm. And it is a pressure that you can relieve yourself from easily by saying simply, I don't have it right now. Mm-hmm. And it's okay for you to not have it. Like, no one has it all of the time. That's, That's actually going to play into my snack a little bit. Angie Brown says, the strong needs help, too. The strong need help, too. Counseling is definitely an option. Use it. Been there. It helps. Also, self-care is a must. And like I said earlier, with BetterHelp, you go to betterhelp.com slash evolve, and you can start getting the help that you need today. And they even have financial aid if you need it. Carolyn says, you can get drained. And Shanique says amen amen so we're praying for you and praying that you will really do what is necessary so that you can show up and not be so concerned with your life in heaven that you miss out on the beauty of why God has placed you down here on the earth and um, I know that it can be hard to feel the way that you feel especially if you are like me during that time of the month, things get challenging, hormones start raging. And when that starts happening, things can get really, really tricky. But I don't know that I can help you consistently mentally and emotionally through that therapy can help you. But I do have something that can help make that time of the month a little bit easier. And that is a company that I found called Lola. Lola is a female founded company offering a line of organic cotton tampons, pads, liners, and all natural cleansing wipes. 
products. Lola makes your month a little bit easier. Lola has a subscription box that is fully customizable. You can choose your mix of products, absorbency, number of boxes, and frequency of delivery. Lola's subscription is super flexible. You can change, skip, or cancel your subscription at any time. Lola will deliver right to your doorsteps with a personalized box just for you with the right mix of variety for your needs. I love the convenience of Lola on top of the fact that you can also do good with your purchase. For every purchase, they donate feminine care products to homeless shelters across the U.S. That's really, really dope. This is a brand that I can get behind. I am officially a fan. You can sign up today and for 30% off your first month subscription, visit mylola.com and enter Evolve when you subscribe. Again, that's 30% off your first month's subscription subscription by visiting mylola.com and entering Evolve. I got you again. Another one. We need DJ Khaled. We need DJ Khaled. Mm -hmm. To just say another one whenever I slide these ads in on you. Um, sorry, I had to do that in front of my husband. And fellas, that's what you get for listening to the Woman Evolve podcast. <laughs> I got you. Straight up got you. My husband's a real one, though. My husband's had to go into the store and hook his sister up hey, before. Got you. Whatever it takes. Yes. Whatever it takes. That's real love right there, baby. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got a snack for you. Then I'm going to ask my husband to pray. And then we're going to go change some lives in Nashville Mm -hmm. because that's what we came to do. So Sunday, we had an off day for tour. And I was not very happy. I was being very cranky and a little bit crabby and snappy with this one, this guy right here. Yes, I was. And we were in the hotel room. So this is what happens. Let me just explain bus life for you a little bit. We have our event. We get on the bus. We're on the bus overnight. We show up during the day um, and we get like a hotel room and we shower in the hotel, do our podcast, do some work, maybe take a nap. I have to take a nap. It's the only way I'm able to survive because you don't sleep that well on the bus. And then we get back on to we get to the venue. We have our show. We do the same thing over and over again. So I was just really cranky for some reason on our off day. And I told my husband we'd gotten there that morning off the bus. And I was like, babe, I need something. I don't know what I need. I need something. And then it hit me like I need to feel like a person. I cannot feel like I am just going to the bus, going to the venue, preaching, getting on the bus, preaching. Like, I need to feel like a person. When I'm at home, I go to the grocery store basically every single day. I drive around in my own car. Like, no one's driving me places. No one's, I don't have luggage trailing behind me. Like, I just need to feel like a person. So I tell my husband, I'm like, you know what? I want to go to Target. (laughs) And my husband got me an Uber, honey, and we went to Target. And we spent two hours in Target. We did spend two hours in Target. We had us a Target day, and it was blessed. We got all kinds of soap trays and lotion. We got random things. Like, we just spent (laughs) the the day in Target. And let me tell you, my husband loves me because he hates going to the store with me. But he let me have my moment in Target. And it made me realize sometimes we talk about stretching so much. Stretch, stretch. You got to stretch. You got to stretch. You got to stretch. I'm all here for the stretch. This is a stretch for me. I'm a little bit of an introvert, a lot of bit of an introvert. And so, like, being 
out, being extroverted, like it stretches me and preaching and, you know, really making sure I'm surrendered to the moment. It stretches me. But there is a such thing as being overstretched. Mm -hmm. And I think it is important that we take a moment to assess when we are overstretched. It does not mean that we won't jump back into the stretch. All right. Because overstretched does not mean we're quitting. Mm -hmm. That's a word for somebody. Somebody feels like if I am not stretching, then I am quitting. That is a trick of the enemy. There Mm -hmm. is a such thing as being overstretched and you need to be willing to take a moment and to release yourself from the tension of the stretch Mm -hmm. so that you can really live in the strength that you have built. Mm -hmm. So like when your muscle building, strength training Mm -hmm. or whatever, right? They tell you that you have to stretch your muscles out, right? Part of the reason why you have to stretch your muscles out is so that that, those muscles can be conformed to that new strength that you just put into Mm -hmm. them. So you break your muscles down and then they get tight and you got to stretch those muscles out, right? Well, I feel like for me in a lot of ways, like we've been like muscle training, right? My muscles are tight. Like I'm learning how strong I can be on the road. I'm learning how strong I can be as a leader, as a speaker. Like I've been muscle training 24 seven, but now I just need like a little gentle stretch. I was actually reading about stretching. And one of the things I read is that a gentle stretch relaxes the muscles, letting them release and grow longer. But too intense of a stretch can actually create an inflammatory response, meaning your body is trying to repair damage. And I think on Sunday for me, like I was borderline about to have an inflammatory response from being stretched too much. And so I just want you, whoever you are listening, if you're like me and you've been stretching yourself, stretching to get things done, stretching to make ends meet, stretching to push out that business, the book, the degree, whatever, to just know there is a such thing as being overstretched. And we don't want you to have burnout. We don't want you to have a breakdown. So you have to figure out what you need in those moments of feeling overstretched. I needed to go to Target. Okay. What do you need? Do you need to go mother yourself? Do you need to go get in the car and just go on a drive without having something to do? Do you need to cook a nice meal and turn on your favorite songs? What do you do that helps you not feel so stretched? So that when you're back in it, we had a powerful night in Jacksonville. And I think it is directly connected to me being able to just breathe for a minute on Sunday. So now I feel like I'm going to finish so strong in Nashville and Birmingham because of me saying I'm stretched on Sunday. I need a break from the stretch. So. Absolutely. You have anything to add to that? No, you, I'm glad that we got you what you needed. <laughs> <laughs> Why were you suffering? No, 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 I wasn't suffering. But I, I, I just want to make sure you're good. And I, I commend you for not getting so caught up in the rhythm that you didn't take time out to take care of you. Mm. That's that's what champions are made of. Thank you for making it easy. Yes. Will you pray for us? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Well, God, we thank you so much for this time that we've been able to spend together, Lord, with the delegation, with those that uh, that Sarah and both of us love so much. Yeah. Uh, Lord, um, thousands of testimonies and thousands of needs here with those who are watching and those who are listening. And we just pray that your hand will be upon them. Lord, what a, what a timely word about self-care and what a timely word about trusting in you. And I just pray that another level, a new dimension of peace and rest will come to your daughters. God, you've got so much in store for them. It's their moment. It's their season. This is the age of the woman. 
and they'll be exposed to opportunities and things and blessings and breakthroughs that are unprecedented to anything else that has happened in history. So God, with all those opportunities, I pray that you would, first of all, let them know that you love them and that you got them and that they would practice the discipline of casting their cares upon you, knowing that you care for them as you launch them into great things. So bless every person represented here, every home, every family, every business until we meet again in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. We love you guys. See you next week.